At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. People kind of say like Charlie has like wild opinions, but I find myself agreeing with Charlie quite a bit, honestly. So it's kind of interesting to hear your opinion on that because I, I was thinking the exact same thing. People, like, I was like, it's not that big of a deal. It's like Charlie is not a homer. That's the problem. You don't have to be, you know, agree with everything that Buffalo Bills fans say because if you disagree, then you're like, oh, you're not really a real fan. He knows that getting star backs a benefit to him, hopefully. So. Why would he be in any rush to sign a contract? I think outside of injury, that's a very good point. See, look, more logic from Charlie. Charlie, let me ask you a question. Do you like, do you tweet like crazy things and then when you get like the opportunity to speak, you just go ahead and speak like super logical so that it like confuses people like <laughs> is that what's uh, going on <laughs> yeah I, dude, look, I, look it was, charlie is always making sense to me like i don't i don't know Yo, man, I, gotta, man. I, gotta, I gotta i gotta like go back in this episode and clip these like three spots where you said that and just like play it on repeat on my twitter account let's give you my podcast intro Bills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into another edition of the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. My name is Charlie Gross. We are part of the Built in Buffalo Podcasting Network. I hope you guys will check out the other podcasts, the YouTube content, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. A lot of stuff going on there. But let's get right into it. I told you that I would be previewing every single off-season event, and the first event is upon us. It is the NFL Scouting Combine, which is going to take place from March 1st till March 7th in Indianapolis. And quite frankly, there's been a lot of controversy about the Combine in the past couple of days, and there's always the raging debate every year of whether or not the Combine is valuable really in any way to anybody. So let's deal with the most recent controversy first, and it is a COVID controversy, I guess we should say. Uh, the, The NFL Combine invites about 350 college players to Indianapolis. What goes on there is a combination of athletic testing, medical rechecks, and teams talking to players face to face. And obviously the NFL is concerned with its image. Hopefully it's concerned with COVID really, but it's definitely concerned with its image. And normally when players go to this, they can bring along, you know, their team, right? In finger quotes, it's like their medical guy, their agent, this, that, the other. And you can do whatever you want when you're not, you know, interviewing with teams or participating in drills. Well, that wasn't going to be the case this year. 
they were only going to let the players bring one medical person from their team, and they were basically going to make it, you know, finger quotes, the bubble. So basically it was going to be like a prison in a way, and I know that sounds kind of crazy, like I know they're not going to prison, but in the sense that like they weren't going to be allowed to like leave the combine ever <laughs> the entire time they were there basically like you couldn't just go out to McDonald's and grab something you, you, nothing you like you, you weren't allowed to leave uh they were trying to control like what they ate and look I get it okay if the NFL is being sincere obviously covid has not gone away but you can't keep 350 college students trapped for a week in like the hotels surrounding the Indianapolis Colts football stadium. Like you just can't. So basically like half the guys who had committed to go basically said they weren't going to go unless the bubble had been replaced, had they 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 uh, lessened the restrictions and of course 4 or 5 hours after they announced that there would be a bubble they, of course, announced that the restrictions had been relaxed because this is a moneymaker for the NFL. They don't want guys to not come and things like that. And this has led to, uh, it's always been a discussion, but this has led to a bit of a bigger discussion about the combine in general, about whether the testing really matters. And I'm here to tell you that the testing doesn't really matter, and it kind of does matter. And that is probably sounding confusing. It There are certain drills that I think matter for certain positions. The NFL combine testing itself is a bit outdated. I think that the 40 time is basically useless because the all the, the players just have GPS trackers on now so you can actually track their game speed. So what's the point of them running 40 yards in shorts? It doesn't really make any sense. Also, the bench press is uh, not really a fair event. I didn't realize this till a couple of years ago, but if you have the the longer arms you have, the harder it is to bench press because obviously you have you know to press the weight further up in the air. Uh, that makes sense, of course. So that's not. And besides, I'm not really sure it really measures anything at this point, or if it ever measured anything. Now, certainly there's there's position-specific things. Like, you can get some data of uh, wide receivers with, like, the three-cone drill or the short shuttle, and these are drills that measure a player's agility sort of side-to-side, back-and-forth. It's not ideal, but you can get some sort of benefit from that. Uh, there's certain things about the broad jump in terms of, like, it's supposed to project a certain amount of explosiveness, uh, you know, teams value it for that. But <clears throat> analytics are starting to enter into the scouting combine because there is a new drill. And the new drill is, they're calling it the figure eight drill. It's basically for defensive linemen. And it's based off analytic data that was collected. E- each year, the NFL has this thing they call the big data bowl where basically it's a bunch of, you know, computer nerds who use their computer modeling and they they try to invent sort of new analytic metrics using computer modeling. And one of the things that they did last year or the year before 
was they took the the roots, like the, the paths that the receivers run, roots like the stems, and they collected a bunch of data on that and studied that. And so now what they've done is they've transferred that thinking to this drill for defensive linemen. So what they did is they found the nine most used paths uh, to the quarterback, you know, around the outside of the tackle, uh, up, up the middle, whatever. And so they decided that based on that data that they would invent this new drill for the combine. So the drill, which I guess maybe is the only really meaningful drill, uh, depending how you feel about the rest, is basically the defensive player is going to run a figure eight. They're going to run uh, like how they how they would a defensive end would around the outside of the tackle. Then they're going to kind of do a, a you know a figure eight. They're going to go and you know you you get what I'm trying to say like a figure eight kind of in the backfield. And so that'll be interesting to see what the uh, the data says on that and and if that's beneficial to teams. There's and I think this is where you get into the scouting process because whether it's the Senior Bowl which was a couple weeks ago or the scouting combine you've you've always got those teams who who see a guy, you know, practice for three days at the Senior Bowl, or they see a guy do something in shorts at the Combine, and all of a sudden, you know, they want to pick that guy. Like, oh, my God, did you see that guy? And they ignore the, you know, the last 15 games that they watched of him uh, on tape when he actually was actually playing football. So that's kind of the big controversy, if you will, about the scouting Combine is it's a bit overrated. The testing is kind of old and, and outdated. Um, you know, it's a question as to whether or not teams really learn anything. But the two areas that, um, you know, certainly the teams value the most is the medical um, rechecks. And people are saying, okay, well, can't you do this um, at your own facility? Why do you even need to do that? And they can and they do, but getting all the players checked by the same medical staff at the combine gives you a starting point for guys who have been injured during the season. They get checked, um, you know things, and then and then what happens is is later on in the off season, uh, you get to see the guys at the pro day at the university, and also you get to bring thirty guys into your facility. And yes, of course they check they recheck them medically, but like I said, you can only bring in thirty guys. So if you wanted to check all the other three hundred and twenty guys, you'd have to fly out to them or or go to their pro day. So you only get thirty guys who you can see with your own doctors and
the check at the combine gives you a starting point, and then when you bring them to your facility and you want to give them a medical recheck, you have some sort of idea of how much they've progressed um, during that time frame, whatever it happens to be. So that's great. And then the one thing that is very, very valuable to all the organizations, and that is being able to get 15 minutes with every player, I believe it's every player, if you want, in in front of like the GM, the owner, the scouts. And sure, you're saying, okay, well, like when the Bills scouted Josh Allen, they just flew out to meet him. Yeah, eventually they did, but it's still a chance like to, to get them really in front of everybody. You, you get 15 minutes to ask them questions. And as I said again, there's 340 guys there or something. Like the Buffalo Bills aren't flying out to 340 guys' houses to have dinner with all of them. It's just not possible. And I understand their draft board isn't going to be 340 guys. It's going to be 160 guys, whatever, 150. Even still, how are you going to go have dinner with 150 guys? You're not. So going to the scouting combine, getting in front of these guys, being able to ask questions, just see how they are in person is very valuable to teams. Um, You know, that's probably the most valuable part of everything, even more valuable than the medical... (coughs) the medical rechecks. I mean, that's really sort of, I think that that's a lot of times what type of guy um, a player is, is really the deciding factor for a lot of teams, especially for the Bills. Like you can scout a guy on tape, you can see his measurables, and and at the scouting combine they're also going to do an official height and weight, and this may seem silly, but universities are always messing with the guy's height and weight. There's guys who have been listed at 6'3", you know, 260, they get to the combine, they're 6'1", 210. Now, universities are always doing weird things with players' heights and weights. So here at the combine, you get everybody's height, you get everybody's weight, you get their arm length, you get their hand length. And so that's, that's a, it's a, you know, a clearinghouse for that as well. But meeting these guys and really getting to know them and seeing what they're about is really sort of the deciding factor for most teams. And again, I, I saw some th- somebody the other day on, on Twitter say, well, why do you need to meet these guys in person? Your scouts have been on the road. They've gone to the universities. They've talked to these guys. That's true. Like, the scouts have. And even maybe Brandon Bean has. Sean McDermott hasn't. He's been coaching NFL football. It, you know, like, he's the coach. Like, he needs to meet these guys. Terry Pagula hasn't. Now, is Terry Pagula meeting the sixth-round draft pick before they draft him in the sixth round? No, but he probably met Greg Rousseau. He definitely met Josh Allen. Like, So you're st- there's still very important people in the organization who haven't sat down with these guys who, who have gotten reports about them. And it's only 15 minutes, but it's a chance to get at least a little knowledge, see what they're like personally, ask them some questions. You know, Don't ask them any weird questions. This is another weird thing about the NFL – and it, it shows basically the racism and misogyny of the NFL is every year you get these bizarre questions that somebody has to apologize for. And it's like, why did you ask, it, ask them in the first place? For instance, a few years ago, the GM of the Miami Dolphins at the time, I believe it was Jeff Ireland, decided that he was going to ask a player whether or not his mom was a prostitute. What, first of all, what does that have to do with playing football? Second of all, 
I understand like you want to get to know these guys and like see where they're from and see what makes them tick and and maybe see if there's going to be anything like as a problem for you going ahead. But asking a guy if his mom's a prostitute like isn't really the way to go about that. And even if she is, what do you think she's going to do? She's going to like stand outside your stadium or something? I mean, whatever. Like there's guys who've been asked like their sexual preference and why does again, why does that matter for football? It it really doesn't. And there's been other questions like just weird questions like if you had to kill one of your coaches which one would you kill like just weird like I don't know why the NFL thinks these questions are helpful to them in any way of figuring out who can play uh football unless maybe they're just trying to weed out the guys who actually like might kill somebody and then not draft them and I guess that's fair sort of but these questions are all pretty stupid so you always get a couple dumb questions every year a couple insensitive questions so certainly the nfl (laughs) you know the nfl has and i I use the word nfl loosely it's not really the nfl it's the it's the teams it's the owners it's it's the guys that work for the owners that can fly a little out of left field and are inappropriate at times and and hopefully that won't happen this year um you know it probably will because it's the same people who are always in the NFL. I'm not sure there's very many new new faces that often in the NFL. If you, if you really, really think about it, guys just kind of move around. So anyway, that's why the Combine is important. Uh, another great resource if you want to not really care about the Combine while it's going on, but look at the numbers later and get a really good snapshot of the player and their athletic testing. And yes, I know that I just told you that not all of it is important, but still, it gives you an idea of what kind of an athlete they are. Uh, if, if you have not heard of this, I strongly encourage you to check it out. It is a metric called Relative Athletic Score. It was developed by Kentley Platt. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, at MathBomb is his Twitter handle. Uh, he's been on my podcast before, a really nice guy. And what he does is basically he takes all these numbers. He takes the height, the weight, the 40 time, the bench press, the broad jump, the, the vertical jump, and he kind of, you know, he, he lists it all. He, he gives it sort of like a, a rating on a scale of, you know, color-coded scale. And then he grades their relative athletic score uh, 1 to 10. And so it's kind of cool to see that and see how he quantifies it. Uh, he has an explanation of, of how he gets the relative athletic score on his website, so there isn't going to be any mystery. It's also free for anyone to use. And while the, or right after, I guess I should say, right after the athletic testing is over, he spends like three days tweeting out every single person's relative athletic score from the combine. Uh, in in uh, you know he makes these little graphics for Twitter. It's really cool, and you can go to his website anytime you want. Look this stuff up. Uh, also, I think that the much to the chagrin of some people, the NFL will not be using the Wonderlick test. At least that's my understanding. Uh, I'm 95% sure that they aren't using the Wonderlick test because they finally realized or they finally admitted to themselves. That the Wonderlick test means absolutely nothing. It, it it does nothing for them. It means nothing. It's quite frankly pretty stupid. I mean, it's cool to take it. Like, you can try and take it yourself. You can just Google take Wonderlick test, and you can take it, and it's really hard and not fun. 
But they realize that it doesn't really have anything to do with football or anything like that, and it's not really necessarily an intelligence test either. So there's really no point to taking it. So that's my understanding that the Wonderlick test will not be given this year. And people kind of used it as a malicious way. People would like to leak out guys' scores who had low scores, obviously trying to intellectually shame them or something like that or whatever. It just became this thing. It's, it's a bit silly. And then going in the opposite direction through my research of the Wonderlick test, there's there's also been cases where guys have purposely gotten questions wrong. They knew they were going to get all the questions right, and they purposely got some questions wrong because it was brought up to them that coaches were less likely to draft players who got a perfect score because coaches don't want players who are smarter than them. So what good is the test, really, the integrity of the test, if you've got guys who are intentionally trying to get things wrong because they know that if they get a perfect score that the they it might hurt their draft position. So no point in having the Wonder League test. It's fun to take. Like I said, you can go take it, see how you do. I think I got a 25 or a 27, which is it's out of 50. So, you know, a little bit more than middle of the road. At least I think that's what I got. Maybe not, whatever. <clears throat> so that is your primer for the Combine. Uh, if you're a big fan of the Combine, in Indianapolis, which I, I think it's a pretty cool place to have it. You know, this might be the last time that it is in Indianapolis. The NFL is talking about making, uh, you know, having cities bid on the combine and taking, you know, it the same way they moved the draft all over the place now. So we'll see if that happens, if there's any, you know, if that hurts the integrity of the numbers because obviously certain places will have the testing will be affected, especially a place like Denver where there's thinner air. Guys will run faster 40 times. You know, what I like like I said, I guess it's really not that important. And also it's interesting to see with this first um, analytic test, the figure eight test, it'll be interesting to see if the NFL moves towards more beneficial testing or more analytically driven um, athletic tests or if they're going to cling to the old vestiges of NFL, you know, 60s and 70s and 80s, or if they're going to move into a new era. I know that the NFL doesn't want the combine to end because, as I said, they're trying to make money off of it, TV ratings, all kinds of stuff like that. So they may have to adapt the um, combine for, for the, the new era that's upon us in NFL analytics. But either way, if you're a big fan of the combine, uh, I hope you enjoy it. I'm pretty sure you can watch it on NFL network. I never watch it, but I follow along on Twitter for the measurements and things like that. And if you hate the combine, well then enjoy your week doing something else. Uh, next week I'm going to be re, uh, previewing and presenting to you a new segment on this podcast called Let's Talk About It. I'll be bringing on a guest whose opinion I heard on their show or on a show that I don't agree with. And instead of just yelling uh, into the void in my house, 
by myself, I decided to bring on a guest or, you know, yelling in the direction of my wife about how I don't like this person's opinion. Uh, I decided that I would bring the person on and, of course, we would talk about it. So that's why I named that segment Let's Talk About It. So look for that next week. Uh, special guest coming up. I'll try to have a guest every week after that. Once again, my name is Charlie Gross. You can find me on Twitter at TTP underscore Charlie. Please check out Built in Buffalo, YouTube, podcasts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Leave us a rating and a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you like what you hear. If you don't like what you hear, I'm not sure why you're still listening, but I would appreciate it if you would tell somebody that you don't like how much you didn't like this podcast, and hopefully they'll listen, and that's all that I really care about. Thank you for listening. Go Bills. Enjoy the Combine. And of course, Bills Mafia, find a way to embrace your growth mindset. And as always, trust the process.